Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I wasn't sure I was going to do this story simply because they're so difficult to do, but at the same time, it's something I've been talking about on the air for many years. And I wish uh, it received more attention than it does this issue, and the issue is chronic pain, and what happens to chronic pain patients. Roughly 20% of our national population suffers from chronic pain. So you can do the math, 37 million people, 7.4. And chronic pain, we're not talking about somebody having a headache or getting a splinter in their finger or banging their toe against the coffee table. We're talking about the kinds of pains that stop you from living. They stop you from living. I've talked to chronic pain patients. If you listen to this program for many years, you know you've heard them. They're uh, in their beds, on their beds, and they can't go anywhere. They can't do anything, nothing, because they're in such agony. The Canadian uh, or the Chronic Pain Association of Canada did a survey, and uh, they released the results just quite recently. And they found, let me just read to you, doctors have become even more active in force tapering their patients off opiate medications despite warnings from some of their regulators to not do so, Ontario, B.C., and Alberta. A third of patients in 2019 reported being forced tapered compared to 44.4% this year. Um, life has become even more difficult for patients as they report a 23.8% jump in their pain levels, a 22.3% increase in their level of disability, and a 29.3% decline in their overall quality of life. Listen to this. There was a two-thirds increase in patients reporting that they were considering suicide, 38.9% to 64.4%, and almost a three-quarter increase in suicide attempts, 5.4, went up to 9.3%. And uh, 5% had already applied for medical assistance in, di in dying, also known as MAID, M-A-I-D. And that is where my guest comes in. Anne-Marie Gatto is a registered social worker. She's a psychotherapist. She deals with chronic pain patients. And Margaret Bristow is her friend. How are you, Anne-Marie? It's a very emotional time for me. Roy, you, you hit that on the head when you said uh, these people are in their beds. My friend Maggie has been housebound for about seven years now, unable to leave her apartment. Tell us about her. She's a, she's a wonderful woman uh, who I've come, come to know over the years. I originally interviewed her. Uh, it's out there on the CPAC YouTube channel. In 2016, she was one of the people who had her opiate medications taken away. Her physician was being shadowed slash chased by the CPSO and um, tried a bunch of other things which didn't work. So the pain physician said, I can no longer help you. I don't have anything to help you. So since that time, the only thing she's wanted to do uh, was to die because she was not able to to tolerate her level of pain and is not able to tolerate her level of pain. And you wrote a piece about about your friend on the Pain News Network site as yes. well, PNN. Is it dot com? I'm not I'm sure sorry? if it's dot com. Oh. Is it dot com? Do you know? I think so. Okay. I think it's so, PainNewsNetwork.com. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm reading this. She was born in 1959 mm -hmm. 
which makes her 63. Yes. And she's dying next week. Wednesday, yes, at approximately 2 p.m. She'll be dying at the uh, Brampton Hospital. I, I think it might be called the William Osler Health Center. It's in Brampton, the hospital there. And she applied for this medically, or medical assistance in dying. Three and times. Three times. Yes. Yes. And the first two were flatly denied because that was at a time when they had the criterion that your natural death was reasonably foreseeable, which she did not because she doesn't have a fatal condition, so she was flatly denied. But then in 2021, when C7 removed that criterion, then she was able to... Um, to be, um, um, I guess, accepted, approved. So death be, is um, preferable Yes. under these circumstances, the circumstances Absolutely. with yes. which she lives, to life. Yes. I want people no to think about that. Her mind. There's, no, there's no one coming to help her. There's no one coming to do anything. So. Just think about that, everybody. Death <laughs> is preferable to life. Now... It's the pain issue, right? It's the pain she's living with from conditions, health conditions that she has. Correct, yes. And she was on, uh, I need to understand this, she was on an opioid prescription regimen? She was for, for several years. And then in about 2016, she was taken off of it by her pain physician who was being chased around by the CPSO, being investigated, I'm calling it chased around. So he took her off of that and then tried a number of other types of medications, none of which worked. And then he said, well, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't help you. I, I have nothing to help you with. The CPSO being the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario. Correct. So, the, So the doctor was being investigated, uh, investigated yes. for prescribing opioid medications. Correct. And the doctor said, I can't stand this. We've heard this from doctors or patients before. I can't, I can't take a risk of losing my license, so I'm taking you off your, your pain meds. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yes. Did they try anything else? Um, they did try. Uh, it was a him. So he did try some other medications, not opiate medications, just other medications who, I guess, sometimes help other people. But her pain is quite severe and it's nonstop. And there was there was nothing to help her. We and couldn't find anything. And Anne-Marie, the opioid pain medications did help. Yes. I, I don't know. Did they? That's what she said. Okay. You can hear the interview on uh, on the YouTube channel. Okay. So she said she was getting some pain relief, but then when that was taken away, there was there was nothing for pain relief. It is stunning, really, because in British Columbia, the rule now is, if you have a small amount of illicit drugs for personal use, and you have uh, an addiction, I'm not sure if the addiction is part of the equation, but if you have a mm -hmm. small amount of illicit drugs, you're not going to be criminally charged. But for chronic pain patients who require opioid pain medications in order to keep their quality of life manageable and not be in agony 24 hours a day, they're the ones who are being arbitrarily taken off, tapered off, or having their opioid medications removed. In some cases, after many, many years of very successful treatment and no overuse, you and I both know, he was on this right. program, a former police officer and member of Canada's military who was in Oakville, Ontario. Bless him. Dan Wallace. Dan Wallace. He was a guest on this program. He was 76 years of age, and he was force tapered off his pain meds. And he, Mr. Wallace said to me one day, 
I just want enough so that I can go to my daughter's wedding. Just give me some pain meds back. You've taken them away from me. Give them back to me so that I can go to my daughter's wedding. They wouldn't do it from what he told me. So what do we take away from this, Anne-Marie? I don't, I don't know where this is going. I mean, Maggie is not my first friend. I lost another friend in January via MAID, and I have two other friends who have submitted their applications, which they're pending. So w- what does this mean? Like, I, I never had a problem with MAID, and I don't. I would like to have that choice. Yeah, but MAID cannot be seen as a treatment. It's not a treatment for chronic pain patients. It's death. It's death. There's no coming back. And I don't know if, if you knew this, but it creeps me out to know that uh, the Parliamentary Budget Office looked at this um, cost analysis pre and post C7, and they found that it would save hundreds of millions of dollars to provide made to chronics such as myself than to provide health care. Are you serious? I'm serious. It's online. Anyone can access it. It's called Cost Estimate for Bill C7, Medical Assistance in Dying. So it's it's relatively inexpensive to um, to end someone's life via maid. They approximate it at about twenty three hundred dollars, and the approximate savings per province per year was about eighty seven million dollars per province, if I understand the document to be correct. Going back to this uh, Chronic Pain Association of Canada survey, yes, patients reported that they received poor treatment from pharmacists and in the ER to add to the problems they had with their regular physicians, a whopping increase of 38.8% reported they were not properly treated in the ER, while pharmacists refused to renew their prescriptions until the very day they were due, even if they would be close closed on the due date. Mm-hmm. And that increased by 39.5%. Um, as a result, 51.5% more patients desperate with pain obtained their medications from street dealers. Correct. I have a dear friend who, um, who was um, cut off of everything. Her pain physician was just basically chased out of practice altogether. No one would accept her. And um, she ended up going down the street to the, um, literally down the street to the street drug dealer and um, trying to obtain help from from that source. I interviewed um, a guest in the United States a few years ago, maybe three, four years, just guessing at that. And I was told, I think this was on the air, it might have been off the air. I've done so many of these stories. But there was a woman who had been a chronic pain patient who'd been refused, just completely cut off her meds. Mm-hmm. And she made the acquaintance of a drug dealer who found out about her situation. Now, I can't prove this story. I have no proof of it, but this is what I was told by somebody who was, I, I think it was a guest on the show, said uh, the drug dealer had taken uh, pity on her and was, had become her, quote, doctor and wasn't charging her. Oh, how generous. What does that say? And marie what do you want to say about all of this? You, you, you this is what you work with people who, who were... Massively overcome with chronic pain. You deal with it yourself. I do, and for over 30 years. And so in all that time, I've come to have a lot of friends. And now (laughs) I'm losing my friends because we have this phenomenon now that a doctor, and I, I wrote about this, it's so perverse, a doctor will 
provide you opiate medications so that you're able to get out of your house and into a car and able to make the trip to the hospital so that your life can be ended. However, no one will help you to live that life. So now we have doctors who are quite willing to help you to die, but not willing to help you to live. Yeah. You wrap your head around that. How does anyone? Well, I've told the story. When my wife was uh, dying of cancer and a very invasive and very painful cancer, the doctors prescribed, or the, the doctor in charge, prescribed um, opioid pain medication for her, but in such a dosage that it might have, I've said this before, and I don't, I'm not saying this jokingly, it might have helped the seven-pound Yorkie we had, but it wasn't going to be enough for her. And that very quickly became evident. And uh, I'm very protective of people I care about. And so that doctor and I had a conversation. And uh, I will give him credit because he changed the prescription. But if I hadn't stood up for my wife, who knows? Is it getting better or not? It's getting worse. And if you try to stand up for yourself, if you try to advocate for yourself and speak up as you did on behalf of your wife, but try to do that for yourself, then you get even more quickly labeled as a drug seeker. See, this is drug seeking behavior. I've all you that. want is all you want is this. All you want is medication. I've heard, that. I've heard that. So if you go to the ER and you say, I'm a chronic pain patient, I'm in massive pain. And I need help. Oh, you're a drug seeker. Not always. Well, you're, not you're, not 100% of the time, right? But often enough. Often enough, or you're just as likely to get ushered out the door by some burly uh, security guard. They'll just call security, and security will throw you out of the hospital. More than 7 million people in this country are living with chronic pain, and you can check the Chronic Pain Association's website, cpac.ca. And... Um, What's the, uh, what, where is it on YouTube? Where's the, where's the story of Margaret and you? Oh, there's a CPAC YouTube channel. So go to YouTube, um, type in Chronic Pain Association of Canada, okay. and you'll find her, her interview there. Anyone can hear it. Also, if you want to find the, um, the, the cost analysis, that's online. Anyone can find that as well. And that's on, you, on that same channel? No, that's, um, you can just Google that cost estimate for Bill C-7 medical assistance in dying. So they've done a, a cost analysis pre-C-7 and post-C-7 and, and uh, to find out that it would save hundreds of millions of dollars to, to end okay. people's lives via made rather than care for them as chronics, okay. as that's what I call myself. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.